Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with the struggle. I'm Sean Lee. I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. Welcome to week nine of the Startup Struggles podcast. Exciting, exciting. With your hosts, Sean Lee and James Park. All right. This is exciting because we are coming back from Thanksgiving. James and I got to see each other in person on Thursday over at our friend Hesung's house. It was actually a pretty fun night, just eating lots of food. Everything I feel like was cooked by Hesung and Patty and Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's stuffed mushrooms was a very popular item. Yeah. It was definitely a big hit. Yeah. Coming out of it, though, I don't really feel that rested for some odd reason. I don't feel rejuvenated. And that's something we should talk about later. But before that, I think you have something to, to share, James. Yeah. So the last couple of episodes, we talked about core values. And we were going through a list and, and picking out values that are meaningful to us. But I wanted to dig into it a little bit more about why or more how you end up picking core values. Is it just reading a word and then knowing what resonates most with you? Or is it something like that you see yourself becoming in the future? I wasn't quite sure as I was looking at my core values and then looking at yours and thinking about, oh, how do we actually go through this? And we just kind of went through and we picked, oh, okay, this word means a lot to me because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But what actually does it mean to pick a core value? And why do we pick seven? Right. Well, the, the numbers thing was just something that I read that you should have five to seven at most because I think it's a sense of priority. So there's two things that, in my opinion, why there's seven and also helps answer how we come up with them because you have to have some kind of parameter, right? You have to have some kind of limit because there's no limit, then you would obviously just put all 50 or 100 core values onto your list. Right. And then it wouldn't mean much because it would just be too broad in terms of what your world lens is, what your worldview is right now. It feels like a priority list on what is most important to you at the moment. Yeah. It's a set of parameters that help, at least for me, define how do I prioritize things in my life. Right. And we do a lot of core value exercises for smaller companies or even large companies, they have these core values that they provide for all the employees to kind of align on one vision or one mission. And I do feel that that's important for your personal life because it, it allows you to have like the rudder, I guess, to steer in some direction. These are the values that you're kind of going towards. It's like a compass for you. Yeah, I think that's true because like with Google, right? One of their core values was do no evil, I think. And I'm curious to hear from our listeners if you have any thoughts or advice around this, but it feels like too, even within these seven, I feel like there are some that are just ever present, like that really define your personality. I don't want to say that they define you. If anything, it's like you define what your top core values are. Right. And then there are a set of them, I feel like that are changing. Like for example, growth mindset. I feel like that is just ingrained in me that will forever be one of my core, top three core values. Being open and communicative 
right? I think that's one of my top priorities in life and core values. Humanity, having compassion, that is one of my top three. Now, the other four, experiment embracing failure, fitness, wellness, balance, having fun, freedom. I feel like those may be a little transitory in the sense that I might deprioritize them sometimes. Perfect example, experimentation, embracing failure. There are times in my life where I just want to be safe. I don't want (laughs) to experiment. (laughs) I'm really tired of experimenting. I just want to do something that's safe and familiar. So it's an ebb and flow for that core value. Freedom, fitness, balance. Fitness, balance, wellness, that comes and goes as well. Because if I feel like I'm in balance, then I might deprioritize that for something else. It feels that there's seasons. Your life goes through seasons. And I've heard of this before where some, I forget which motivational speakers talks about this, but they say that you have seasons in life where there is a time where things are going very, very well. And there are times where things are not going so well. And it feels like that core values actually could align with the seasons of your life. If things are going well, maybe that's the time that you decide to take more risk and decide that, oh, like I want to experiment more. Whereas when things are not going so well, you kind of revert back to, all right, it's too shaky. So let's balance things out a little bit and decide that I want to focus more on another core value that kind of will right the ship and go in the right direction that you want it to go. I think that's what I'm kind of hearing with core values. And I think that I agree with that. And like one of mine was like adventure was a big thing for me, but I'm not always going to be adventurous, right? And maybe that's something with like experimenting. Like I'm not always going to be wanting to go out and be searching for excitement and for thrills, but it is something that I really value. And I think that's important. And so this idea of having core values that stay with you through all the seasons and then other ones that kind of shift out, ebb and flow as your life progresses, that makes sense for me. And so it then it seems that core values is a mix of who you are as a person, who you really believe that you are, but also how you see yourself in the future. And it's something that you can kind of strive for to pursue. Like how far can you go? Can you reach these new core values that you're giving for yourself? Yeah, I agree. I think one thing that companies don't do enough of, at least I haven't seen much of, is reevaluating their core values from time to time, recognizing that even as a company, a company is an entity. It also goes through seasons that they should also reevaluate their core values and make sure that it's still a good fit for where they're at. And while we're talking about individual core values here, you mentioned freedom. What does that actually mean for you? Yeah, freedom for me means choice, just having options, very specifically. Okay. So how does that impact your kind of day-to-day? Or does it not impact your day-to-day? Is it more of a, like a broader view on when you're thinking about your company or, or your family? You're like, how does that impact how you're moving through life? Oh, that's a good question. I think when I'm most, as I'm kind of thinking about it actively right now, when I'm most down and out about things, it's when I feel like I don't have a choice, right? When I don't have options, like I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And when I'm most happy is when I have choices. When I'm at the top of a ski slope, I'm pretty happy because there's like 10 different routes I can take. It makes sense because the whole idea of feeling trapped is you don't have options, 
right? You don't have many exits. That's why you feel trapped. And so it, it makes me wonder, like, how do you think about freedom? I don't people think about freedom differently. Yeah, so I, I'm the same with you. Is when I think about freedom, it's having the choice to do anything that I want. At the same time, it seems difficult to. I think the difference between having choice is also there's this idea about like responsibility, right? Because if you live your life thinking that you can do whatever the hell you want to do, at some point, I don't think that's like a very responsible way to live because that means that if you have no responsibilities. You have all the choice, right? But you have to kind of live with a little bit of responsibilities, and that's kind of what defines how you pursue your journey. Yeah, I think definitely having freedom is awesome. I think having the ability to have choices is it's incredible because a lot of people don't have that option. They have to do certain things because they've been pinned into a position where they really have no. Choice, right? But a lot of times, just because you have to do something doesn't necessarily mean that you're not free. It means that you've made a decision earlier on to have a responsibility to do that one thing. The biggest example that I can think of is is having a family, right? If you have children, you no longer have the freedom of choice to do whatever you want because you are now responsible for other human beings. But now this idea of freedom, responsibility encapsulates having a family. So you now have a different set of responsibilities to take care of your children. But at the same time, you can kind of work around the idea that oh, I have no choice but to make money because I had to feed my family. But it's more I have the responsibility to go to work because. To have the freedom to be with my kids is that one way to kind of think about how, as as we have more responsibilities in life, our freedom, our choices, kind of narrows down. But at the same time, if that was a responsibility that you decided, it's still like a freedom of choice. Yeah, what you're getting at is the difference between obligation and responsibility. In my opinion, it's just a framing of words and perspective. Right? Obligation feels like You have to do this because you don't have a choice. Versus responsibility, what you're talking about is like, I choose to do this. Sadhguru had this saying about the word responsibility that I really liked, and you remind me of it because he says responsibility means you have the ability to respond, right? It doesn't mean that you have an obligation. The example, the story that he tells is like, let's say you you see a crime happening in motion, and you have the ability to respond, right? You can report it. Or you cannot report it, but you have an ability to respond to it. Now, people see that as like, oh, you have an obligation to report this. Yeah. But responsibility, at least the word responsibility, isn't about that. It's just the fact that you have an ability to respond to whatever is happening in your life. I like that. Yeah, he just broke down the word responsibility. <laughs>、oh. I love the simplicity of it. But kind of back to what you're saying too is. You're absolutely right. Like having absolute freedom is detrimental as well, and we know that because there are many times when you have too many choices, the paralysis of choice, right, that leads to indecisiveness and things like that. So, not having parameters, not having some kind of boundary to your choices, to your freedom, is also not ideal.、Hmm. Okay, so then 
we can almost say that core values actually gives you those parameters to make decisions. It helps you make decisions. Yes, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. It helps you make decisions for this period of time that you value or prioritize these five or seven core values. And as time changes and your core values shift, then you will leverage them to make different decisions. I was actually thinking that same thing as we were starting out because I was looking at my core values again and I really want to print them out and put them on my desk so that I'm reminded of like how they will shape the decisions I make mm-hmm. to ultimately help me achieve happiness and contentment because I find myself like unhappy or just frustrated. I'm starting to break this down actively by the way right now. I find myself frustrated lately because I don't know why I'm making the decisions I'm making, right? Like how did I get into the situation where, where I feel like I have this obligation to work at the startup, right? Yeah. Versus this like privilege to work at the startup, right? Because some days I do feel like, oh, like I have to do this, I have to do that. It's like no, you, you don't have to. You you know, people always say this: you get to do this, you get to do that, right? But how do I break out of that negative mindset that I feel like this is an obligation? This is no longer my responsibility, and I think. The missing piece is that I have not tied that into my core values. Like I am creating an environment, having a startup where I can have a growth mindset, where I can experiment and embrace failure, where I can be open and communicative, where I have a choice. I actually have a choice. I chose to do this, (laughs) to go down this path a year ago. And I actually having this path, not having a nine to five does provide me a different set of options and choices for how I go about my day, right? I'm not forced to clock in at nine and clock out at five. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I kind of frame it around my core values and see how it's aligned with my core values, then it'll be less frustrating and feel less stressful. I'm going to try that today, actually. I like that. So I, I really like this because it feels almost that core values could not only give you a direction, but it's also a direction that you choose. And on days where it feels difficult, it can be a reminder to reframe your mind, to remind yourself that these choices, maybe this day it feels like an obligation to have to do certain things, is now a responsibility. And a responsibility is, is not a negative thing. It's a very positive thing. It's a, I get to do these responsibilities because I chose that these align with my values. And this is the direction that I've been wanting to head. It almost feels like a lot of times when I get really exhausted, I feel like I'm, I'm lost and I have no purpose. What am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Why did I make these decisions? How did I end up here? And for a long time, I always thought that purpose was something that you kind of found that just like happenstance just kind of showed up on your doorstep. And it's like, oh my God, I have my calling now. I know what exactly I'm supposed to be doing. But that's so fake, so false. Purpose is actually made by yourself. And I feel like purpose could actually be found within your core values. It's like once you define what these are, what you see yourself becoming or who you are now and what you see yourself evolving to, it kind of gives you a purpose to help you move forward every day. Yeah. And I think that's why it's more important to make sure that we have this list in front of us, just as a reminder. Like when I go to the gym, 
one of my core values is wellness and balance. This is why I'm going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Or like yesterday, I was struggle busing. Like just the afternoon, I was like, do I go bike outside? Do I go for a swim? Do I go to the gym? Like it sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud because it's such a privilege. Like the weather is so nice outside. We live in Southern <laughs> California. It's like we can even do these things, <laughs> you know? It's not like it's like there's four feet of snow outside and I can't go, you know, it's just painful to even get out of the house. Like, no, it's like, it's such a privilege. But because I forgot that one of my core values was wellness and balance, it seemed like such an obligation, such a chore versus just something like, hey, I actually, this is something I really care a lot about and why I do it. And then when I, after I went for a swim, I like felt great, but I really had to convince myself. Into it. <laughs> Okay, so I guess for for our listeners, if they're following along with this practice, the idea is then to go through a list of core values and find a list of words that really resonate with you or in a way of what you see yourself becoming or who you want to be. You go through, write down everything that feels the closest to you, and then you start to combine the different values together. Right. Like for both of us, what we did, we ended up having, I don't know, we picked like 15 and then we combined a lot together and then we were able to narrow it down to seven. And then from there, we should print this out and leave it on our desk somewhere as a reminder that all the decisions that we've made to bring us here, whether or not we feel like, okay, I was obligated to do all this stuff, we can start to change our mindset by accepting that, okay, this is where we can start and we can see ourselves evolving into these like a kind of future version of ourselves that we want to get after. Mm -hmm. I like that. I'm going to print these out. Yeah, that's a good starting point. Let's try it out for a week or two. Yeah. And report back to our listeners what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next week it's like, all right, this didn't work at all. (laughs) (laughs) Or, wow, our life has changed. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And I think this is something we should revisit every six months make sure those are still our core values that nothing has shifted i like that where things haven't changed so i'll set a reminder for june but aside from that i think the struggle this past week was just languish in some ways for me you had touched upon it a little bit about knowing how to take a break how to rest and i don't think i was very intentional about resting this week Mm -hmm. for the holidays and so a lot of guilt cropped up like some of our team members are overseas and you know it's not Thanksgiving over there, so they were still working. And I was like, man, I'm like wasting an opportunity to work with them and get some things done because they're still clocked in. Yeah. And so there was some definitely some guilt and some things there that I didn't plan for that I could have planned better for. And then like the rest of the week was just like Friday, Saturday, Sunday was just again unplanned, not very intentional. And I wonder if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I wonder if that's what caused me to not feel fully rested in the sense that I don't feel like I got much done, shopped and bought a bunch of stuff I've been waiting to buy for Black Friday, like <laughs> like a new vacuum and another Roomba. <laughs> like I literally I bought a new Dyson because I wanted a new handheld Dyson. Yeah. So I, you know, we have a lot of stairs now and the, carrying the, like the big ass Dyson is just a pain in the butt. So apparently, like the new Dysons, they are all cordless now. Like they stop R&D on the corded technology ones. They focus all their R&D on the cordless. So the cordless ones are more powerful than the big ones now. And then they're also like much lighter. Mm -hmm. I bought one and I vacuumed like half of Saturday, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Which like I should be happy about. 
I love cleaning. It's not like I abhor cleaning. Like I love cleaning. It's very therapeutic. And I like took miles to like, you know, it's, uh, it took miles to like Saturday morning soccer camp thing. Played some video games with Hesong Saturday night. And I'm just like, but I still feel just, I don't know. I feel like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so when I think about rest, I feel the same. I'm, I don't know why, but I feel very burnt out, even though when I think about burnout, I attribute it to working too much or being stuck at work all the time. But it made me kind of think about what you're saying is about why rest is important and having to actually prioritize it, which sounds weird. It really sounds strange that you have to think about rest, but you have to think about rest in the same way that you think about doing work. Because when you are at work, if you're half-assing work, you feel that what you produced isn't your best. And so when I think about rest, it's the same way as if I say that, okay, this might sound crazy, but this past weekend, there was a big football game, Michigan versus Ohio State. And I actually scheduled it into my calendar because I haven't been watching football this past season, but I scheduled it into my calendar and I wanted to make sure that that was like my priority for the day, which sounds ridiculous. But I think what happens a lot when we think about resting is we're like, oh, we're going to just watch Netflix. But when we watch Netflix, is that really resting? Especially when you're also on your phone and like scrolling through social media or like doing other things. Like it seems like we half-ass rest, right? And if you half-ass anything, you just don't get the most out of it. You know what's weird? I'm going to interject here. You know what's weird? You scheduled Ohio State, Michigan game in. Michigan had a big win, but you still don't feel rested. <laughs> no, I, I don't because it was so stressful. I can understand if like Michigan didn't win, but that was such a big win for Michigan. It was, it was huge. But even I'll be honest, like during that time, I was also I went to work on something and I was coding during that time. So I was like kind of oh. looking up something and like also just having a Michigan Ohio State in the background. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really watch it the entire time. So I was even against what I told myself I was going to do. I was like, I'm going to watch this game. But I half-assed that, but I was working on something else that I actually find really enjoyable. And, you know, in the last, even in the last two minutes where, I don't know, Michigan was up like 14 points. But even then, I'm like, God, something could go wrong. <laughs> Michigan could lose. 14 points? I, I don't remember. It's just stressful. It, two touchdowns in the last two minutes? <laughs> you never know. Ohio State is so good. It, it's just, I don't know. But yeah, like after the game too, Michigan won and... I was happy, but it wasn't, I didn't feel refreshed. I wasn't like recharged. So I wanted to ask, what do you do to feel recharged? What do the listeners do when you want to feel rested and when you want to give yourself some time to relax? Like what does relaxing actually mean? For me, for a long time, it was like watching Netflix. But I think after years of doing that, I realized that it doesn't actually recharge me. It doesn't make me feel any more ready for the next part of my day? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't I don't know either. I mean, I thought for quite a bit that like the gym, like doing something active would recharge me. And it does. There's no doubt about it. But it depends on the day. And sometimes I overdo it. Like I'll go like work out and I'll go swim in the afternoon and then I'll go cycle or something. It's just like I just get in that like mode. I'm just like, yeah, I'm active. And then I'll just like completely burn, not burn out, but I'll completely be like just physically tired sore physically just exhausted for like the next two days 
And I'll be like, damn, I don't want to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) So it makes me wonder, like, even like resting is hard because you can actually over rest. Now I think about it in some ways, right? Yeah. It's like oversleeping. You can sleep too much. Yeah. Oversleeping is definitely not helpful. I mean, maybe some people can oversleep and be fine, but I personally cannot. This maybe gets to something that I hate, but gets drilled in me all the time, which is like, oh, like discipline. Is that word discipline? Being disciplined about how you live your life, having a routine, right? These things I feel like I'm just like highly allergic to. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe that's what's missing. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of that's missing for me. Hmm. When you say like having discipline and routine, is it that your day and your weeks are completely scheduled? And that you have set times of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I say this too, because this goes back to having too much freedom, having too much choice, is that there's a saying that you have supposedly a set number of capacity for the number of decisions you can make in a day. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you're using your decision-making powers or fuel on the most important decisions. And sometimes I do feel like I'm just bogged down by like making less important decisions like oh do i go to the gym today <laughs> do i go swim do i go bike do i go rock climbing versus like when i schedule those things in it just like i just go do it i don't have to make that decision so do you feel different when you have days where you schedule a specific activity versus when you have to make a decision to do one yeah right because you said you're like oh do i have to do this Oh, I'm like tired. Do I want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Should I do this today? Should I do that? Like even from a work perspective, when Survey like schedules things in like, hey, let's have a copywriting session, our morning meetings before this call. And we just scheduled a bunch of things that we want to get done this week. Just blocked it on the calendar. And I just know it's going to work because it's worked previously. Maybe that's what it is, James, for you and I, especially because we have so much flexibility and freedom. Everything's a double-edged sword. That's what I realized. Obviously, we don't have to clock in at nine, clock out at five, but because we don't have to, then it's like we also get this unlimited freedom of like how we want to spend our day. Yeah. And that in of itself could be very detrimental. We are not being intentional about it. And it comes back to this intentionality thing. And speaking of intentionality, Eric was talking to Patty's sister in law, Nina, and they were talking about like ADHD and all this stuff Mm -hmm. and how ADHD is viewed as like this terrible thing. And, It was very funny at the time, but like the conversation was very real when we're all cleaning up because I was like, dude, I feel like I have ADD for sure. But to what degree and is overdiagnosed and whatnots? And I think it's overdiagnosed for a lot of people. But the core thing that I was trying to get at was, is ADD even a bad thing, right? Like, let's say I'm going down a rabbit hole on Wikipedia. Is that really that bad of a thing? Because I see it as I'm exploring. Like, this is how I discover new things, right? Like, discover new ideas, discover new concepts, and just learn about new things. How are you supposed to learn about new things if you're not curious? You don't have that curiosity to go down rabbit holes. Yeah. And so I see it as like a strength and where like I am perpetually curious about anything and everything. But do you label that as ADHD? Or do you label that as I can't focus? It's like, no. So I I actually asked this question to the professors that were were teaching that productivity class I keep referencing at Berkeley. And they were like, as long as you're intentional about it, there's nothing wrong with it. 
comes down to intentionality. If I'm just like, hey, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for the next hour. Totally cool. Because it's, it's not that I'm distracted. I'm purposely focusing to be distracted. <laughs> yeah. And so I told Nina, I was like, it's not a bad thing because that's how creativity works. You have to have that kind of open-mindedness to go down rabbit holes and just get lost. Now where ADHD, I think for people that really do have ADHD is that they just have an inability to focus on just about anything, right? And actually like they can't finish doing anything, which I don't think is true for a lot of people. They, I see a lot of people who think they have ADD and it's like they get stuff done. Right. Yeah. It really is about intention. Maybe that's the thing is having ADD is kind of a, it can be a power in a way that if you find the right thing, you will just dig into it and understand it very, very well. Yeah. Like someone could find an interest about, I don't know, snowboarding, and maybe that's what kind of gets them to focus. But even within that focus, the parameter is snowboarding, but they think about, oh, these boots are really cool, or these bindings are cool, or this type of snowboard is is like very cool. Oh, what's the difference between these types of snowboards? And that's almost like going down this rabbit hole, but it's very intentionally focused on one parameter. And maybe that's another way for people who feel that they can't focus is next time, if you find yourself going down a rabbit hole and being bounced around from idea to idea, what's like an overarching theme of all the ideas that you're kind of thinking about? And maybe that's like an interest of yours. Yeah. And then just recognize that, you know what? I am going to spend an hour just like exploring. Yeah. And that's okay. But I really want to come back to this intentionality because I think that's the overarching theme that I'm thinking about in, in regards to rest, in regards to work, is that when I lack intentionality, that's when I feel the most lost and purposeless. It's not that I have a purpose. It's just that I have not set the intention. Like I didn't set an intention to clean this weekend. I didn't set the intention to work out, right? I kind of just wanted to keep it open-ended to keep it open-ended. And even though I, fe- I still got stuff done, I don't feel good about it. Sunday, yesterday, there was some like issues with the DNS for a clever website, emails hitting spam boxes and things like that, that needed to get fixed. I don't want to fix it. That's the key differentiation because I didn't, again, I didn't set the intention to like set aside time to do this. And so I worked on it for like three, four hours in the afternoon. I just like felt like garbage. I was like, fuck, why am I doing this? I don't want to be doing this right now. I have to do it. Yeah. Somebody has to do it, but I don't want to do this because again, I didn't set that intention. And so I don't set the intention. Right. As I'm talking through this now, I'm realizing like, I don't feel like I'm in control right, of what I'm doing versus I could just say like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this. Not that I want to do this, but I'm gonna, just going to commit the next two hours of figuring this out. Right. That shift is the difference between being obligated to have to do it and being responsible and doing it. Yeah. And even resting, going back to that ADHD example, like I'm going to spend the next hour just exploring, being distracted, exploring. You could use a different word. I like exploring better. But to be, you know, playing games with Hesong, it's like, hey, I'm going to spend the next three hours just playing games with Hesong. Just going to set that intention. And there's no guilt behind it. Yeah, I'm going to try that. Maybe that's like the solution that like the intentionality sets you free because it gives you permission to be doing what you're doing. And I think for people like us, where we have a lot too much flexibility and freedom, it's like, because nobody needs to give us permissions. Like we need to give ourselves permission. Right, right. Why we need that permission? I don't know. And sticking with the idea of like intention, I think that's also why a 
like a vision for yourself is extremely important. And why so many people, if even though staying busy and having work and doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing, you can still feel so lost. It's like if you don't have the intention of getting towards some vision or some goal for yourself, it ends up being all the same. It ends up being just going towards nothing and not moving. And it can feel very lost. You feel very lost in life because you're just doing all these things, but you're obligated to do them. Versus if you're intentionally doing them. Yeah. Like that kind of shift could maybe help you kind of get out of feeling lost all the time. I think I cracked it, at least for myself, is that when I feel lost and down, it's because I'm not being intentional. When I'm not being intentional, I don't feel like I have a choice. Yeah. I don't feel like I chose the decisions that I'm making in my life today, regardless of whether they're they're right or wrong. I think that's what it is. Like nobody likes to feel like they don't have a choice in their life. Like they are just being controlled by some external force to do whatever it is they're doing. Even like rest, right? If I'm just like, hey, I'm going to sleep in today or I'm going to just really relax and take a two-hour nap. It's like, if I'm intentional about it, it's like that was my decision versus feeling like, oh my gosh, my body is just falling apart and I can't help myself and I have to like sleep. Mm-hmm. I have to sleep in. It's just framing. Gosh, so many things in life, it just comes down to the mindset. It's all a mind game about how you frame things. Yeah. It's like the ultimate game is just all within yourself. Yeah. So I guess that's coming full circle now. I think that's something we should experiment with is being more conscious, be more intentional about things that we do this week, and then making sure that these intentions are in alignment with our core values. And especially if they are in alignment, we just double down and say, I intend to do this, right? Because this is one of the core values I had written down. And I think the other thing we should do around our core values is make sure that we attend to all of them, right? Like you're thinking about a venture. Are you attending to that in any way, shape, or form in this next month? I am not. Yeah. Huh. Making sure that we have at least one thing planned. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Make sure that we have one thing planned for each of the core values that we wrote down. And some things might overlap. Maybe that's also how you could recharge. Maybe doing that one thing, intentionally doing that thing that aligns with your core value is actually very recharging for you. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Cool. I like it. We'll check in next week and see how we did. That works. This was a good conversation. Yeah. Until next week, we will report back how we are doing. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. 